0: This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network.
1: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more
2: at uh1.com.
0: If you are listening and you want to kick Chris start Go easy on him, please. <laughs> it really felt
2: like a major sporting achievement that you managed to beat Alan Shearer Crouchy. They're
1: not oven gloves, they're my underpants.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think the best place to do it is, is is in toilets. Crouchy was too drunk.
0: Come on, Crouchy. <laughs> oh my god.
2: Shall I write a song about Mike
0: Dean? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Crouchy. I'd be the cab. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome back to that Peter Crouch podcast with me, Peter Crouch, Chris Starks with me as usual, uh, and we've got the Premier League's all-time leading goalscorer, Alan Shearer with us today. How
2: are we doing, guys? Welcome along. Thank um, you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're not far into this series. As you can see, Crouchy's on holiday. <laughs> uh, the plans around this have been loose, to say the least.
0: Yeah, I do realise this, this, the new series has kicked off and I've pissed off on holiday straight away. I do understand that.
1: It's <clears throat> so, all right for summer, being able to go away to the house abroad. How the other half left, Grizzet? <laughs> ah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs> Look at us just being humble. We're staying in the UK. You know how it is. Yeah, he's, totally.
0: got, he's getting one renovated down the road. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's interesting getting you two together. So, we tried to record a podcast a few months ago, right? Which we had to bail on because Crouchy was too drunk and he'd come back from a day at golf with you, Al. Oh, right. Yeah. And it, Crouchy, do you remember how much you were buzzing from that, that day out? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Listen, you know, I'm not, I'm not just saying it because, you know, Al's here. I've said it, I've said it before, you know, uh, yeah, I looked up to Alan Shearer, you know, I think as, as most, uh, young footballers maybe, you know, of a, of a certain age that did. And um, yeah, obviously playing golf with well Alan got quite excited, got a little bit um, carried away. And then I forgot almost that we we had a podcast later on in the evening. I think Al actually shot off a, re- a reasonably early time. And then uh, I continued. Uh, and then I think we had to kibosh the pod because I was I was too hammered.
1: It <laughs> was a good old day, that one, wasn't it? It was a good day, yeah. If I remember rightly, you kicked my ass as well. or kicked our ass.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, no, you're a lower handicapper than, than me, but I was quite quite proud of myself that day. We uh, we yeah. managed to take the money off Alan, so it was
2: it, it was good. Can you give me a bit of an insight into into how golf works at your sort of level, boys? Because you're both good at golf and you're both super competitive. I mean, judging by how happy Crouchy was when he came back, it, it really felt like a major sport and achievement that you managed to beat Alan Shearer, Crouchy. You are competitive, without a
0: doubt, I think. And that's why we like golf so much, because it's, it, it, you know, it's similar to, to playing football with a bit you know, with a bit less running.
2: You've both played golf with some amazing people. Right. It always amazes me when Cratchit comes back. He's like, oh, I've been he's always at the golf, from what I can see, living the dream.
1: I never, ever get really nervous in, in my life, as you know, taking penalties or whatever. But I've never, ever been as nervous as I was on the first tee in the Wentworth BMW Pro with uh, Lee Westwood and Anton Deck. And I we had a one o'clock tee time off the first tee. And I get there at about half nine, ten o'clock. And I'm not kidding you, this place is absolutely rammed. And you've got thousands lining the fairway. So I text Ant and Deck. I said, "By the way, boys, there's that. I would not be wearing white trousers if I was you because the first <laughs> tee is going to be pretty nervous." And an hour later, I got a text off Ant. I've had a word with my physio, and he recommends me I don't play golf today because my knees are a little bit sore. I, te- I said, "Back, you shit house." I said, "You're <laughs> He pulled out. So it ended up being me, Deck, and Pat Jennings and Lee Westwood, and about ten to one. We walk into the first tee, and West, he, look, he looks at me, West, and he can tell, honestly, the colour was draining out of me. He said, are you all right? I said, no, <laughs> I'm absolutely shitting myself. I'm petrified. And they announced us on the first tee. Former world number one, Lee Westwood, he puts his ball down and he smacks it down, and they announced me on the tee, and I couldn't get my ball on the tee because I was shaking that much. Wow. I was petrified. I've never, ever been that nervous. I mean, I hit it all right, not great, but it made me feel a lot better when I seen Dex shot when he topped it about Ten or fifteen <laughs> So yeah, golf is golf does weird things to you. It's a great game, especially when you're playing with a big hitters. Some of the uh, some of the pros are amazing. Mm. I,
0: it, it's so nerve wracking. Like I, I'm in that situation now where I, I you know, people know that I like golf, and you get invited to these kind of programs. I, I'm, I, I'm yet to do it. I literally, I can't bring myself to to be put myself in that situation. So
2: for this series of the podcast we've um we've got an analyst right to dig down some stats alan right and um, i know you're aware of sort of the ones well we see them on match of the day like a lot of the records that are talked about how is it for you as you start to see players challenging some of your many records that you have as a striker
1: well i thought uh i thought wayne would have had a, a really good opportunity of, uh, of doing it um he sort of went deeper and deeper and started playing in different positions, which I was delighted about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure if he stayed, had stayed at uh, his centre forward, he, had a, he, might have, uh, he might have had a better chance of doing it. I thought Guero might have, um, if he had a, had a stayed around, then he would have had a great opportunity. But um, the, the one that I'm looking over my shoulder now is obviously Harry, and he's, he's got a great yeah. chance of doing it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Do you, sh- shall we dig down on this a little bit? Because it's fascinating, right? So, Premier League scorers list. There's the Shearer, two hundred and sixty. Rooney was at two hundred and eight. You're right. Aguero, one hundred and eighty-four goals. Kane currently one hundred and seventy-eight from two hundred and seventy-five appearances. So here's the breakdown that our analyst has managed to I, um, kind I, of. I
0: have to say, these these stats are incredible. Like what they've D- done here. Like They're it. amazing.
2: So this is just to give you an idea, side to side, like as a snapshot at that amount of games. So at Kane's current scoring rate, he would have to play another 128 games, or about four and a half seasons. So first question is, do you think he's got that in him?
1: Yeah, I do. I mean, you, you'd never know with uh, with injuries. Um, he's, I know he's had niggling injuries with his with his ankles, hasn't he? He's never had a serious injury. In touch Touchwood, he, he doesn't. Um, If you go through your career without having one serious injury, I think you've been fortunate, particularly the number of games he plays, uh, the pace that he plays at, how dynamic he is. Um, I mean, I had had three serious injuries. kept me out for about three years. Um, It it does, without a shadow of a doubt, it does get harder as you get older. He's he's 29 this summer, isn't he? So
2: So he'd be playing until he's 33 Mm. at the current rate that it's all happening to have Mm. to match your record.
1: Yeah, he's he's got a he's got he's got a great opportunity. I think he say, he should sign for PSG or Real Madrid or something like
0: that. <laughs> That's what he needs to do. Hundreds. <laughs> I, I was thinking, just touching on that though. You, you, I mean, you had what two serious knee injuries?
1: Two serious knee injuries, and my uh, and my ankle had dislodged and broke and dislocated and chipped my bone in my, in my ankle, which kept me out for seven months as well. So two knees for seven months each year.
0: It's so far ahead of. You know, I think there's only one other player in the 200 club, isn't there? You know, mm. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I got in the 100 club. I was over the moon. It's something that, like, I really wanted to achieve personally. So to get in the 200 club and then obliterate that, you know, the serious knee injuries you had, that is unbelievable. How do you, yeah. how do you view the hundred club,
2: Alan? Do you is it like a billionaire looking at a millionaire sort of thing? <laughs>
1: Actually that's a great way of putting it. I never thought of that. I'm gonna that's how that's how I'm gonna look at it from now. On. I, I love uh, that. That's, it, that's brilliant.
0: it really is devastating. I I, I, look, I think to myself every day I think, oh, I'm in the hundred club. And then like when I'm on here now, I just feel no. just I feel slightly no.
1: slightly let down. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant.
2: Are you aware of where Kane is ahead of you, Alan? If we if we take that snapshot of the same amount of games.
1: Yeah, I know. Uh, I know where he is. I know he's coming from me, and I. I also know he desperately wants it. Well, oh, I, I, I mean, I can see it in him every single week. I mean, they they scored five last week. He never scored. I could imagine him driving home. be absolutely devastated. I know they've won the mm-hmm. game, but as a as a forward, I know what he's like. He's got the same mentality of goals and how much they mean to him. I can just see it in his uh, in his body language. Um, he's but- he's
2: he's overtaken your record for the highest number of away goals scored in the Premier League.
1: That's never been a fucking
0: record, has it? You know,
2: no, I mean, I mean, listen, do you know why? It's no it's no most headed goals, is it, let's be honest. <laughs> I mean that's a good point in itself. Crouchy,
0: you scored seven more headed goals than Shearer did. Yeah. I, I listen, I'm taking it. I'm gonna take that. <laughs> I think he might have got a few more with his feet, but um yeah, I listen, it's a record and I will take it. Also, these
2: stats are mad. It's, uh, it's fascinating. We've got to give a big shout out to Dave for getting all this stuff together. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. I just want to talk about the mentality of a striker. You know, if you're not playing, right, and you're watching your team, you obviously want your team to win, but you don't want the striker to score. Like, Chris sort of didn't really understand that kind of mentality, but are all these things true?
1: A hundred percent. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree with you. You named me one goal scorer who's not selfish. And you look at all throughout the years, whether it's now, it's whether it's Ronaldo or Messi or Mo Salah or Harry Kane. Every single one of them is selfish in, in a good way in terms of being a great goal scorer. Um, and I think you have to have that that you have to have that mentality of, of yeah, if for whatever reason you're, you're not playing and someone else is in your position. Yeah, you want your team to win, but you don't necessarily want them to score two or three and let the manager have a decision the following uh, the following week. So, yeah, that's the way it is. It's, um, it always has been. I think it always will be for uh, for a centre forward.
0: Yeah, I remember I yeah. remember uh, Rio telling me about uh, Ruud van Nistelrooy, and um, you know, if his team won three nil or two nil, whatever, and he hadn't scored, it, he'd be moody for the whole the whole evening uh, and mm. potentially even at training on Monday.
1: I'd be the same. Um, If you're winning three and you haven't scored or four, you haven't scored. Yeah, you'd you'd go and you'd you'd sort of celebrate and sit and and go out for a pint or whatever with the lads. But there's definitely a side to you thinking, shit, why didn't I score today? I needed to score and you'd be a bit disappointed, definitely.
2: Are all strikers like that, do you think? Or have you both been put with people that are there to make you look better. I mean, what you're both coming across as to me is, is almost selfish lovers, you know, <laughs> I don't know if it follows through like that, but it's very single minded. Crouchy. Uh, I'm
0: the <laughs> Slightly strange. Cause I'm sitting there with, with a brother at the minute. So we'll oh, change it. Alan, what do you think? <laughs>
1: Nah, I don't I don't think so I wouldn't call myself that. Oh, you that crouchy.
2: And do you reckon you've been put with people that have been there mainly to assist you though? Yeah,
1: most of the time. I mean,
2: when I went to Blackburn
1: it was Mike Newell, he was he was superb. Um did he did a, the, the majority of the running. Um as did as did Chris Sutton. He was the one that sort of went deeper when we lost the ball. He was the one that had to go on. Helped the midfield out and I was the one that could stay and, and stand on the uh, on the last defender so, so those partnerships yeah um and the system was just designed to score goals at blackburn with wilcox and Ripley either side i mean and the good thing about those two is is that we, I knew and the team knew exactly what they were going to do they were going to put the ball in the box first opportunity that ball was coming in the box whereas I went I then went to Newcastle after that David Ginilla, who's, a, who's an amazing player but He did like a flick and a trick and doing other little bits. And I remember going in the dressing room after five or six games and going absolutely mad at him because he hadn't put across him for six or seven weeks. He was twisting, he was turning, he was going down the line, he was flicking his hair, he's doing it. And I was thinking, what on earth is going on here? This can't continue. And I went in the dressing room and after a game we went absolutely berserk and we, we almost came to blows. But then after that he started putting balls in so it worked.
0: Towards the end of, of my career you would have, you would have, you would have lost it because um, we had we had right footed wingers <coughs> playing on the left constantly, uh, oh. always cutting in and shooting. I felt like I was permanently going in for rebounds rather than <laughs> you know, rather than get, getting crosses in the box. It was yeah. so frustrating. Yeah, I, I can't
2: imagine what an argument between you and, and Genola would have looked like. I mean <laughs> It's pretty what, heated. What, scenes, scenes <laughs> it was, crouching. Pre- it, was <laughs>
1: scenes. it was definitely pretty heated. He definitely didn't want to give up, that's for sure, which I respect him for, so we nearly came so to you- blows.
2: You and Sutton held a record for 26 years for your partnership because you combined for 13 goals in that title-winning season. Right. And then that was only beaten by Kane and Son, funnily enough. Right. Uh, How many years? Twenty-what? 26 years you held that. 26
0: years.
2: Wow. Mm. Do you think you made him look better or did he make you look better? Are you joking? The whole team made him
1: look better. Have you seen seen his touch? (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, he did. He did really well for us. So he was exactly what we what we needed, and certainly what I needed. And it was, a, it was just again, it was one of those that uh, that click that worked. We both managed to to score goals and understand each other's game. Ended up winning the title, so wasn't too bad.
2: When you get to that level, right, where you can bollock Janola in 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 a changing room like that. Do you remember sort of setting the standard in the changing room the same way Crouchy you talk about Gerrard and it was like he'd fizz balls into people on their first day and they had to keep up with him it was his standard around the club did you feel you had that responsibility as well Alan?
1: Yeah I think so yeah I think that's part of being a captain to to do that I mean I was brought up in in a dressing room that um that I had remember Jimmy Case Scrouchy, Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The old, and I mean, he
1: was he was he was the hardest yeah. player ever. He was he commanded respect because of who and what he was. Um, he wasn't a shouter. You just you just sort of looked at him and you knew that you had to sort of up your game with uh, him in that uh, him in that dressing room. And he was the daddy of that dressing room. And I was brought up in there. So that's that's the way that I sort of try to go about it to be honest yeah you try and work at people you try and suss them out straight away because you know when someone walks into a dressing room whether they cost a million quid or whether they cost 20 million quid that you're gonna it's it's gonna be a test and you're gonna have to find out who and what they are and and that's whether you can stand on your own two feet or
2: not is there any experiences with certain players that have either um, sort of shocked you that they actually did better than you thought? Were, were there experiences with players where you just sort of wrote them off on the first day that you saw them and they went on to surprise you?
1: There's a couple that came into Newcastle that I thought even after day one got no chance here. You could, you could tell that straight even at the training ground it was, it was probably it was too big for one, for one or two and the atmosphere was, was too big.
0: I, th- I always felt the higher I went the more ruthless it was. Like I saw, saw players getting written off in just one little box after training, they're just getting absolutely slated. Day one is just signed. You know, there's, there's no, oh, he might be a bit nervous on his first day. It's like, he's shit.
1: Sink or swim, here you are. This is, this is who we are. This is what it is. This is welcome to the football club. And you, you either, yeah, that's it. You either say, this is who I am or you mm-hmm. sort of went away and you're a little bit nervous and that was no good. And if you were a bit nervous, then it wasn't going to work. Alan, do you remember your first impressions of Crouchy? I just remember this tall guy coming in thinking, it looks awkward. Doesn't look natural, and that's why I, that's why I think when you look at when you look at Crouchy uh, we got a bit of a loving going on here to 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 play at the highest level to play the teams that he did the number of goals I mean bear in mind that's everyone's dream to play in the Premier League isn't it so if you if you've scored over a hundred goals and that's one hell of an achievement and everyone I think will always tell you probably underestimate as a as a player just because of the way Crouchy looked, but technically I thought he was superb yeah so great respect
0: my Premier League debut well my first Premier League goal was I think you might have scored maybe 100th or 150th or something on the, in the same game it was one all uh, Villa Park um, I scored right. and I think you scored I know you burst on the scene and scored a hat-trick in your Premier League debut I think like right. for me I was down in the championship for a bit I think I was 20 maybe 21 when I signed for Villa got in the Premier League and I thought that day especially you were up one end of the pitch I was up the other and I thought I am miles off it here <laughs> because <laughs> I obviously watched your performance. You bullied our centre-halves. I knew I wasn't ready at 21 for the Premier League. Like, I had to sort of develop a bit more. I never really developed properly, but um, <laughs> I, you know, I felt like it was 23, sort of 24, that I was ready for the Premier League. Um, and I remember thinking that day, like, I am, I'm not ready for this yet.
1: Someone asked me the other day, when did you think you made it? And I, and I thought, I never thought I'd made it because I, I was always, the next game was, you're, as good, you're only as good as your last game. That's what sort of spurred me on. I never, ever thought I'd, I'd made it, mm. to be honest, ever.
0: That, that was the mentality I thought of a lot of, you know, really, really top players. Like when we're playing for England, like with, uh, you know, with, with Rio, John Terry, uh, Gerard pe- people like that. And I know you're, you're, you're pretty much the same. Like I found that difficult. Like after a big win, they would, they would forget about it in an instant and, and they'd already be thinking about the next one. Whereas, you know, I was like, can we not enjoy this a little bit? <laughs> uh, you know, were you, were you not, were you like, were you like that, or were you just? No, I did, en- I
1: did enjoy it, but I did. I, it, as soon as it was, that was it. I mean, yeah, I enjoyed scoring the goals. What's the point if you can't enjoy it? But then, yeah, the, the next game is is the one, and I thought that's it because you, you've always got something to prove to uh, to someone because there's always someone ready to to have a pop or a defender ready to have a have a pop. And yeah, that, I think that was the mentality. on straight away to the next one.
2: How do you reckon you both? would have enjoyed playing w- with each other is he who you want to see alongside you <laughs> yeah because you know be honest that, uh,
1: no no seriously because you know that w- with him alongside me that they have to watch out for someone else they know the balls are coming into the box so if they're looking at him then it would it, that would help me get space so I always say uh, that would I think that would, would, be, that would be great it would be a nightmare for defenders because they know that uh, balls coming in the box wouldn't get near us
0: what are your thoughts on shin pads in five-a-side football
2: no you don't wear shin pads in five-a-side football do you chris your thoughts well i i wear shin pads yeah (laughs) i mean the the problem is like since we started this podcast and i've said this i've become a target um, (laughs) not in a good way it's not a target man in the traditional sense in the sense i'm targeted and and you see yeah do you know what it is like you'll be playing football and then the other team they slowly clock what what you do or like or the podcast, and you'll you'll hear one person shout "pancake," <laughs> and then another one will mention the shin pads. Oh, Always you've got shin pads on? That kind of thing. And the problem is, I can't wear shin pads now because too many people take the piss. But because of the shin pad thing, they go for my legs anyway. So, sort of, it, if I'm do, assuming, assuming they're just playing. Did you play in trainers, or
1: was it on grass? So you have to wear boots.
2: Mate, I've got Astros with my initials on and everything. Oh, Whoa. mate.
0: So hold on, you got, you got Astros with your name on and shin yeah. pads. You, you, of course you're a target. Listen, k- it was a brand
2: that, brand that never really took off was CSO3s,
0: you know? CSO3. I felt bad because Chris uh, turned up on the podcast and showed me his shin. And he had like a big gash out of it. And I thought... I don't know if that's down uh, to me. If you are listening and you want to kick Chris start, go easy on him, please. He's trying, yeah. to, he's trying to not wear shin pads and um, I don't want to injure him.
2: Yeah, yeah, lay uh, off that. Yeah. Right, Alan, as always with this podcast, we do a couple of emails and um, yeah, you know, sort of anything goes in this. Do you want to read one of them?
1: I've got a message from Andy. He says, I'm an electrician and ended up on a job at Anderson's house, the former Man United midfielder. I went into his ensuite suite to fix a broken light and saw behind the shower screen was a black and white picture of the back of a naked Anderson rubbing shampoo through his hair. Does, <laughs> does Crouchy have the same in his bathroom?
0: <laughs> Come on, Crouchy. <laughs> oh, my God. Listen, if there was a choice of a, of a picture, scantily clad, out of me and, and Abbey... Um, I think I think we'd probably go for her to be quite honest <laughs> rather than me I mean, I'd love like, like to see her shampooing rather than me you're getting you're getting
1: the daggers off a brother behind you by the way <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: sorry John
2: Well, John there is having to help with the recording because you're in Portugal Crouchy he has to listen to all this yeah I know ask John what he'd rather see uh, in the shower a naked <laughs> picture of you or a naked picture of us,
0: <laughs> John what <laughs> He'd rather see me," then. <laughs> uh, Yeah, fascinating stuff, isn't it? I love the emails. It's just great to sort of to hear these things. I, I heard a, I had one, I had a builder that went to Arsene Wenger's house, and he said he had the the biggest collection of books that he'd ever seen, and that that mm. didn't surprise me.
2: Yeah, what what have you got, Alan? What's what's the weird that if someone goes around Alan Shearer's house and they come away going, "Yeah, great bloke, lovely bloke." But you had this one room with dot, dot, dot in.
1: God, I'm trying to think. I don't know. I'm not, there won't be that many books, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> Got a lovely I, set I of like... oven
0: gloves behind you. Uh,
1: have I? They're <laughs> well, yeah, definitely lovely. not My I don't use yeah.
0: Leopard print by looking. Leopard it.
1: print as well, yeah. They're not uh, oven gloves. They're my underpants. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right, I've got a message here from Gavin. Um, he says I've had to use a woman's toilet in Edinburgh after an issue with the gents, and was shocked at the level of filth that was graffitied on the back of the door. Uh, aside from the naughty words, one comment referenced the pod and wanted to come back stronger. <laughs> it's very good. The level of filth graffitied in a woman's toilet—I can't, I can't imagine that. I thought I just assumed it would be nicer than the the male version.
2: Yeah. I think it's great that people are sort of advertising the pod for us. We always say this, pass the pod. Um, we, we've run into this trouble before. We've had complaints about this. We, we obviously can't condone graffiti, um, but we're equally not going to be the ones to stop you. Uh, and toilet <laughs> doors are, I mean, a great place to advertise, aren't they? The, the yeah. word is
1: getting round about you two, you see?
0: Getting round. It's good. I think the best place to do it is 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 in toilets.
2: <clears throat> yeah. It's it, it, we're quite entrepreneurial like that, Alan. I don't know if you're picking that up from this podcast. Just you yeah, know, the way
1: a, I'm, we... I'm seeing there's a lot of thought goes into this podcast. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've got a message from Jack. It says I'm Waterboy for my local rugby team in Chichester. During the game, I heard a shout of pancake. Someone run a pancake from one of the teams. Proves there are many uses of the phrase. Uh, Chris, would you like to explain? what pancake is. I've got to work out how to be most effective when I play football, Alan. And for me, it was when I realised that I can get five runs in a game, but only five. So the second you realise you can only manage that amount, you limit them throughout the throughout the match. And for me, it was I, I described it as pancakes because it was like what I would do on a football pitch is I would just churn out five of these runs, but they would be amazing. You know, like, if I commit, I fully commit, I go, pancake, 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 and that's it. Five pancakes and I'm done.
1: Maybe that's, uh, maybe that's why you never made it as a footballer then, eh?
2: <laughs> it's only, no, not well, yet. It's only because he's, he's only got five runs in him. That's not going <laughs> to <not> help <laughs>
1: With his shin pads on.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just realising where you're at with your game. I'm not an amazing player. I try my hardest, but... Um, my game is designed around five moments where I will just give it everything, and and you know, not that affected. There's no end result off those pancakes. The majority of the time, like But it. there'll be five, and then and then you know I'm done. I think it's knowing like your limitations it. as a
0: player, isn't it? It's knowing your limitations. You know, if you know you've got five in you, make use of those five runs. Um, but it's, it it seems to have caught on, Alan. Uh, like I was I was queuing for the uh, to get on the plane the other day, and um, a lad had went gone past me. And as he went past me, he went, pancake! Really? <laughs> yeah, allegedly. Yeah. So it does happen. It's 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 catching on. Yeah. Have
2: you been eggy-boffed on the plane yet, Crouchy? That, that's what I worry about for you, because you'd have to fully commit to that, wouldn't you? But if someone gives the shout, Eggy
0: Boff, first one off the plane, what, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm past all that now. No, that, that no uh, you know, listen. It, I'm not saying I'm past it because in this right situation, like if I'm with my wife and family, I'm not going to sit on the plane for half an hour. <laughs> Alan, I, I'd love to know if you've ever played Eggy Boff. We
1: had a, we had a similar one. We were, we were travelling away on the first team bus with uh, with Blackburn in the early days, and we there was a there was a rebel group at the uh, at the back. And for some stupid reason, on a Friday afternoon, we're travelling down south on the bus. Me, Tim Sherwood, Jason Wilcox, uh, and a couple of others, Tim Sherwood's idea was, we, you know the, the little hammer that in case there's an emergency you can break the window with? Yeah. It was his stupid idea to tap it on the window, and then everyone had to tap it a little bit harder. Oh. and we had to do it. we had to <laughs> no. do it we had to do it eight times and it got to number got to number six and someone tapped it, the whole glass smashed, went out down the motorway. You can imagine the driver. Kenny comes Kenny comes walking back like the bus, what the fuck's going on? And, they said, and the lad's like, Jesus Christ, what was that? That must have been one hell of a stone or a brick or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> the that's game. smashed everywhere. It was like a uh, oh. kid
0: just so a border. Eh? You know, in 96, was it? I'm sure it was year 96, where you were singing song titles in interviews. Yeah,
1: that's right. So we said that you, whoever did an interview, and you didn't tell anyone that you had to get the name of a song in, and of course, as soon, as soon as he said the interview, you could hear the roars next door, whether it was like, I don't know, I don't know what you've been, I was up I was up all night long and you could hear the roar go up. How did you celebrate last night? Oh, the lads were like practically dancing on the scene. It was unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was so, so childish. That's
0: the thing I think with with football, like you don't have to grow up, do you, you know? Like, people, you know, get proper jobs and have to sort of have to grow up. I think in football, you you, you really don't. I mean, I've managed to get mm. to 40 and, and, and I've had to not, and, and not really grow up. <laughs> still
2: going.
1: Still eggy boffin.
2: <laughs> so shall we dig down into the art of scoring goals? Was there anyone in particular that sort of stands out to you that really improved that in you as a player?
1: I mean, I, 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 I just loved scoring goals even as a kid. I wanted to take the throw-ins, the corners, the goal kicks, everything, and, and obviously scoring goals. Um, I thought I was half-decent at it in this particular area, but when I went down to Southampton and the whole country comes together, you know, like as a 15-year-old, you think, geez, and I thought, I'm not as good as I think I am or, or was. Um, Got to work that little, that little bit harder. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you can improve your goal scoring. You can improve, uh, definitely a part of, what well, it's not natural, you know, and someone says, how did he find himself in that? That space. I mean, there's definitely a, a, a natural part to it, but there's there's no doubt you can definitely improve it where you're shooting, your techniques, your, your, the way you strike a ball, left foot, right foot. Absolutely.
0: I think I think that most players that have played sort of like, you know, in the Premier League probably like that. Like, I, I was, I wanted to take everything. Like, if you're on free kicks or on throw ins, you, you know, like, and you're very selfish. I think I was, I was a, I was a little bastard, really, or a big bastard. Um, and um, <laughs> because I, I wanted to, like, I constantly, wanted to score goals. I wanted to like go past people. And I wouldn't, even if I had a hat trick, I would I still wouldn't pass at that age. Like I would, I would, I wouldn't want anyone else to score. It was, it was weird really. And then um, obviously as you get older, you, you know, you realise that you have to, you have to pass and you have to be, be, play as a team. But um, certainly at that early age, like nine, 10, 11, 12, like it was all about, all about we, me. We,
1: uh, we, we played a game at Newcastle. So it was, um, so Bobby Robson's first home game. With, uh, with Newcastle and we ended up beating Sheffield Wednesday 8-0. The score was 7-0 and a young kid came on as a substitute, Paul Robertson, and I'd scored four goals and it was 7-0. He was a forward and we given a penalty and I went to pick the ball up and he come over and he said, can I have it, Al? Can you imagine? And I said, fuck off, go on. He looked at me and said, "We're winning 7-0, you've already got four goals and he's telling me that, Oh god! Oh. Luckily, I luckily, luckily, I scored. We were eight, and I scored five, and I just laughed at in the dressing room. And "said you, fucking idiot."
0: <laughs> hey, it's, a roof, it's a ruthless game, isn't it? A ruthless game. But you know what? You set the president there. You know, like, like you know, he, he, you let him know. No, I, I take penalties round here. Got to lay down the law.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Did anyone ever get close to getting a penalty off you? No, that was, that was the only time
1: anyone in my, yeah, in my life had said, said really? can I, walked up to me and said, can I have it? And he was, was a young kid called Paul Robertson. Actually, I saw him. I had a pint with him about six or seven months ago. And I said, remember that time you foolishly asked me for the titter? I'd take the penalty for your first ever goal.
0: That's amazing. I remember I took the ball off Steve Gerrard once. Um, Really? Yeah, it was when I was going through that spell where I couldn't buy a goal at Liverpool. And uh, I said, look, Stevie, to be fair to him, he let me have it. And then I missed it.
1: (laughs) Oh, no, did he? No, No, no,
0: I missed it. And and the worst thing is, Bolo Zenden scored the rebound. He ran off celebrating, and I I just wanted to punch punch him. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, he's so happy, and I was devastated. Brilliant. Gutted. Did Gerard say anything to you, Crouchy? Uh, to be fair to Stevie, like everyone, they all wanted me to score. I was going through like such a tough spell. They all wanted me to score, and fair play to me, let me have it. But Rafa, after he, he was fuming about it. Oh dear! Like, you know it doesn't. Yeah, it's like you know he puts up on the board like who takes the penalties, and I've I've gone against the manager really, so I deserved it to be honest. Mm. I'm I'm so surprised now that you've not had more people like try and, Something like Craig Bellamy. would have a go or something.
1: Yeah, Craig wasn't shy, was he? But no, it was, um, <laughs> it was only that. It was only that that young that young boy that day was the only time anyone tried to, uh, to take a, or ask to take a penalty off me. You no, know? joking. You can't. I mean, it, it was like yeah, the, their goals was like they need to, and it was on the penalties. That was it. Had to be on them.
2: <laughs> I love that, <laughs> Alan. You touched on um, all night long earlier about getting song lyrics into interviews, that kind of thing. And it, I was interested. The first song you could think of was all night long because that's sort of become your your theme tune, hasn't it?
1: That's my karaoke. That's my go to song. Yeah, not very good though,
2: but I try. I know every year you do your foundation. Um, is it, is it, it's like a foundation ball, isn't it? I'm wondering if one year, instead of a big-name performer, why, why don't you get yourself, or, or even better, why don't we get Crouchy involved? Definitely
1: Crouchy, um, not you know, myself. Crouchy's Crouchy got a tune go in and him. Sing. You, like, you yeah. like your song as well, don't you, Crouchy?
0: Oh, I do, mate. Yeah, I do like it. I enjoy it. But I'd class myself as, you know, sort of a Sunday league. I'm I'm not good at all, but yeah. I enjoy it. But yeah. I, I like being on stage and stuff, but I, 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 my voice is, doesn't back that up, really. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, my uh my yeah. My, uh, we we've been unbelievably lucky with some of the acts that we've had at my uh, my foundation. So the last ten years we've had it. We had Mumford and Sons, we had Lewis Capaldi, Ed Sheeran, Jess Glyn, Gary wow. Barlow. Uh, yeah, it's been amazing. Um, we we need to raise two hundred and fifty grand a year to give the the, the centre away for free. It's an activity and respite centre for disabled kids here and in uh, in Newcastle it's going really really well but to, we've had some great acts and they've been amazing I mean they, they, when you you know when, the generosity of these guys to come and perform because you know what Newcastle it's the other it's the other end of the country so they've got to come up and travel all day and then come and perform and so to do that and come and do it for free all these guys have just been incredible so yeah it's brilliant
2: but the foundation's been going a while crouching I, I think my only concern would be I was managed to get these top performers, right? But then, you know, you're running out of big names. Mm. So I'm thinking to myself, is this potentially the opportunity, Crouchy, to, to reform the band, get you, who was it, Wayne Rooney, Gareth Barry,
0: yeah, Joe, Hart, Joe Hart? Hart. Yeah, we, yeah. It, was, it was Wayne Rooney's birthday party uh, out in Manchester. And um, we sang Westlife, Flying Without Wings. Wayne was, was Shane, really. He was the He was the main singer. And then uh, yeah, I was I was sort of more of a backing singer, but it was a it was a decent performance. Go down well, did it? Yeah, we went we went down well. Um and yeah, we found, I've got the video of it somewhere, but I can't find it for the love of the money. But it's, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. it's uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, no, I'm
2: good.
1: not I'm not I'm not getting up
2: singing. But imagine a football in Westlife standing up at the foundation ball, Alan. I mean that would that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's it, how, you know, how how not how, having how,
1: it. how how not to raise money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alan, thanks uh, so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, I know you've played a bit of golf today, so I appreciate you starting <laughs> early for us. Um, but yeah, listen, honestly, I have to say, it's an honor because I, you know I looked up to you as a, as a player and obviously met you as a person as well. And uh, it's a, it's an honor to have you on. So I appreciate you taking the time.
1: No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. I, I know it's uh, how well it's gone. So thanks for getting me on and get get my money ready for.
0: Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
2: Shira, what a guy, Crouchy. That's, that's the calibre, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, top man, top goal scorer. Think of how many good players are in the Premier League or top players are in the Premier League, right? If you're the Premier League's all-time record goal scorer then you're, you're always going to be respected. So
2: um, podcast admin that I feel like we need to get through. Last time we were here, crouching, we promised to investigate this beer wizard character, sort of left that in your hands. So I'm intrigued to know what you're going to come back with on this. He wants to make the laout a reality, which is a, a very exciting prospect for a lot of podcast listeners, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I've been investigating all options and I've uh, been doing my research and I believe that the uh, the beer wizard is the uh, is the right man for the job. Got a few other good beers, have tried them, uh, all in the form of um, research and uh, I think he's the man.
2: Yeah, have you had the same as me? You know, when you're on, especially recently with holidays and that, if you dare to put up a picture of you holding a drink, but if it dare be anything other than a laout, um, you get absolutely slammed for it well, that's not a low, where's the low? So until the Beer Wizard gets working on this thing and we get this thing out there, this is what we have to deal with on a weekly basis.
0: Yeah, I've got the Beer Wizard's email. Um, he says, the BrewDog bosses signed off the low this week, so now we can get started. I understand you have your concerns, so let me know if you want us to bear anything in mind. To get the ball rolling, can you ever think about the following? One, the can or bottle design. two. The advertising campaign and strapline for the product. We'll look after everything else and can incorporate any good ideas you or the listeners come up with. Great to hear you and Chris. Looking forward to the taste testing. We've got a special sensory room at the Brewdog Brewery where we've <laughs> done all our official tasting for our other products, so we can get you in there and get the podcast seal of approval. Yeah. So, I love so, that. so, so you're saying to me that they're going to going to blindfold us and we're going to be tasting beverages yeah at the brewery yeah in the
2: sensory that, room that's the impression i get this reminds me of there's a restaurant where you can uh dine in the dark have you seen that yeah my mate went to this have you, yeah. have you been to that i've not i've not yeah it's a i think it's a great idea because it heightens your other senses doesn't it so right. it makes you it makes you examine the food a bit more if it's only taste you know and i think that'll be the same with this beer won't it yeah i've been back stronger smell stronger I always say this on this podcast, please get in touch on social media or you can send us an email. Uh, Some of the messages we get, Crouchy, it feels like we're quite early on in this series and there's already so many good ones. Yeah, we got this one from the rhyming thing who slid into our DMs on Twitter. Just listened to your pre-season episode and got excited at the prospect of drinking a cold lout. So I decided to write a limerick that you can use for your advertising campaign. Okay, and then there's the limerick. So you should probably read this bit of it.
0: For a drink that can help strikers shoot, just grab a cold can of Laute. It's incredibly fresh for a post-football sesh from a glass or a nice champagne flute. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah, I- I'm not convinced by that one, Chris. With some <laughs> of so the
2: emails we get. The thing is, they're they're well-meaning, aren't they? We are honest, Chris, aren't we? Yeah. D- this is how I feel Blue Peter must have felt back in the day, <laughs> right? Now, Blue Peter said, if you send in a poem or if you send in a letter, if you, if it's good enough, we'll send you a Blue Peter badge because they weren't allowed to really decide what was good and what was shit. They just sent Mm. everyone a Blue Peter badge and I cottoned onto this. Mm. So I did this really amazing, I think it was a poem, sent it into Blue Peter, right? And got a Blue Peter badge. My brother took the absolute piss. He was four years old, I think, or five years old, <laughs> and he sent in the shittest poem I've ever seen. The rat sat on a mat, put on a hat. <laughs> a few weeks later, letter comes through the post. We've awarded you a Blue Peter badge. Bollocks. Absolute frauds. I'd be interested to know if Blue Peter's still the same, if you can just send in any old shit and they'll give you a Blue Peter badge. There's Blue no Peter's respect still- for the badge with that, is there? They're disrespecting the badge. They are. I think they are disrespecting the badge just because they don't want to upset kids. They're sending the badges out to anyone.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, listen. If they, Blue Peter asks for a, for a poem, well, why don't we
2: submit can... this one and see if we
0: get a... <laughs> from from the previously known rhyming thing?
2: What we're going to do is we're going to submit your poem to Blue Peter, <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to see if we can get a Blue Peter badge.
0: Now, because you've been heavily... We <laughs> if we can, we know that they're frauds.
2: <laughs> but the positive will be, because you've received a bit of a hammering on this podcast, we'll direct the Blue Peter badge straight to you. Okay? We'll we'll forward that on to you. So it, it will be yours. That's fair, isn't it, Crouchy? That's oh, yeah, it's fair. So, all in all, not the greatest start to an advertising <laughs> campaign for the La Utes but it gives you a little flavour of what we need and what we can improve on. And as we always say in this podcast, back stronger. We've
0: got some big stuff coming up with the Brewdog Beer Wizard in the next couple of weeks. Uh, But just before we go, we've got a couple of updates from the lucky winners of the big crouchy giveaway, haven't we, Chris?
2: Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Right at the start of this series to kind of get people involved and we've got a new email address and we're on a new feed and all that sort of thing to encourage people to get in touch. We offered a crouchy bikini. Now, if you don't know about this yet, if you haven't heard the podcast up to now, this is a, a sports bra and lucky pants combo, like genuine stuff that Pete, Peter has worn in, in a match um, and we were also given away a Peter Crouch-sized Stoke City club suit, which is exactly as you can imagine.
0: Yeah, and Joe Joe's won the club suit, uh, and he's now contractually bound to wear it at least to at least two weddings. He's been sent the suit, and he'll be wearing it to his mate's wedding in the next couple of weeks. Uh, he sent us a photo, this photo of him in the suit. As you can see, it doesn't. It is quite ill-fitting. Um, but
2: I think it's great. I think if you're a fan of this podcast, you'd see it as for all the right reasons. But like, if, if you are imagining a wedding being the most important day of someone's life and wanting to show respect towards that and not distract from it, mm. um, you know, not making it about yourself, then it's, it's, Potentially one of the worst things he could be wearing. But looking at him here, the thing is with it, it's not like he's he's gone in full fancy dress. It still looks kind of smart. It just looks really ill-fitting. And it oh. looks mental that it should say Stoke City on it. <laughs> Do you know what? There is a potential here for him to upstage the bride. I think the key for this guy is to get a picture with the bride and groom. Uh, I, I, I suspect the groom won't be as bad about this because this is a whole best man thing, isn't it? And, and no, sort I, of ushers and that, so
0: it's not so bad. I think the uh, the groom's really pleased with the idea. I don't think the bride is as pleased. But I also know that um, Joe's missus is fuming about the whole situation. Fuming, and and that's
2: that makes it all slightly better, doesn't it? it, it unfortunately, it, it does
0: make it even funnier.
2: Yeah, I, we'll keep you up to date as well on the socials. Obviously, pictures will go up on on socials when we get them. I think the first wedding he's going to, he's an evening guest. So it's slightly more friendly fire, that one, but mm. should still be good. So yeah, keep an eye out for those. In terms of the bikini that we're giving away, there was a lot of interest in this. Um w- But we did give it to Jay, who said he's going to use use it as a forfeit for whoever finishes last in his fantasy football league. And then they have to wear the bikini to the darts in Blackpool this summer. We we loved the idea of this. And it's great to see that the darts have been in touch, Crouchy.
0: Yeah, I, I think the darts are on board with it. Um, I've seen, obviously, the the, the PDC, the organisation in charge of the darts have been in touch. Um, and they want to make the the afternoon even more special for them. So I don't know what they've got up their sleeve, but... Um, it's going to be big. I'm I'm very excited about this.
2: Yeah, and we're going to totally get involved in that so, that. so that should be good. The idea of what, like, it's good enough that he should go to the darts wearing the bikini, but I think we can try and get involved in this and, and sprinkle a bit of podcast magic on this and, and make it extra good. So the exciting thing for their fantasy football, I guess, is the three-way scrap at the bottom that's involving Jay and, and two guys, both called Tom. Now, at the time of recording this podcast, Tom Whitehouse is bottom by 18 points so at the moment he's going to be wearing the bikini but it's all to play for so yeah we'll keep you updated on that as well feels like only a couple of episodes in and there's so many things to keep on top of isn't there
0: chris you know what i meant to mention to you um we were giving away your the chris stark signed foot massager weren't we
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah the foot massager i don't know if i've put a picture of this up yet um, but I will do, yeah, my foot massager. For a bit of extra currency, I thought I'd sign it as well to make it really Fantastic. legit. I mean, who, uh, who,
0: who wouldn't want that? So I, what, I just what,
2: kind of think if I sign it, it'll be
0: harder for that person to give it away. It's like a uh, Banksy, isn't it? You know, like Banksy, like he knows if you go and sell a Banksy, Banksy knows that you've sold it and then you yeah. get ostracized. So if you, if you try and sell that Chris Stark foot massager on, we'd know because you've signed it and you'll be ostracized from the podcast.
2: Yeah, if we see pictures of it being sold on, on you know, uh, auction sites, that kind of thing, mm. your Ebays and such, um, you know, we'll know it's our one because it will have my name across it. So anyway, that's the thinking there. Um, so what what's the crack with that? are we giving it away or I've been yeah, on well, holiday. Read, I
0: can't you... really remember what we said with this one. We've given the listeners uh, 30 seconds at the end of our podcast to sell whatever they want, literally whatever they want. And I said to you, can you just find something behind you that we could potentially sell at the end of the pod? And you found that, but our listeners are getting involved. Uh, we've had loads of them by the way, and yeah, we'll have to go through them all. But, um, I think the best one of each episode can come on and, uh, and sell whatever they like really. Yeah. This is, this is kind of how Amazon started, wasn't
2: it? Wasn't he selling books? At the start, yeah, you just flogging yeah. books and then it, it turned into what it is. Do, do you think if we start with a foot massager and then something that the listeners want to give away, that really we should be kind of having those kind of ambitions around it?
0: Yeah, it's the same with everyone. You know, like they always have that story, you know, like, oh, Simon Cow went bust five times, you know, went bankrupt. Well, you know, we started with a, with a foot massager mm. and we could potentially rival Amazon at yeah. the end of it sky's the limit if you've got
2: something that you would like to sell on the podcast say like any old tat that you want to give away we can help do it because loads of people listen to this it feels like if we're going to have adverts on here we should be able to give one or two adverts to to the guys that that you know push this podcast forward get in (laughs) touch what's the email address pete
0: (laughs) the email address is peter.crouch.acast.com
2: i've enjoyed this today it's been fun isn't it crouchy
0: yeah, it's been good. I mean, listen, having cheer on has been, been a great shout. And uh, yeah, enjoyed it.
2: I'm going to warn everyone listening now. We've got something very special planned for the next podcast. Don't want to jinx it. Don't want to give away too much. But I think it kind of makes up for the fact that the first two episodes or two of the first episodes of this series has involved me or Crouchy being on holiday. But I think it's safe to say we're going to be back stronger with this one, right? Very much back stronger. Um,
0: you'll mm, With no way in the world, you will guess what we're going to do for the next pod, but we will be back stronger and you will enjoy Mm -hmm. it. All right. See you next episode.
2: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from everything iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget.
1: Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.
0: This episode is brought to you by a load of pricks.net. We are the experts in selling houses. Chris couldn't sell his house. What did you do, Chris? I couldn't
2: sell my house for love nor money, Crouchy. Three different offers I had, all at the last minute, fell through. I turned around to my wife and said... What can we do to sell this house? Every estate agent is failing us. Then I told her, let's go to a load of pricks.net. But Chris, what did a load of pricks do for you? They were brilliant, Crouchy. They sold my house right away. The sign had barely gone up when a well dressed gentleman came along and offered me
0: twice the asking price. Chris, would you use a load of pricks again? I'd use them every time, Crouchy. Go to a load of pricks dot net. They will sell your house like no other. Load of pricks, load, load of pricks. Pricks. Dot net. Net.